and welcome everybody to season two episode three of the hidden gems podcast as always i'm your host marcus johnson luther before we get started today i want to ask everybody to follow us on twitter and instagram at hidden underscore gems pod that's hidden underscore gems pod and those are both linked in the episode description below also subscribe on apple spotify or whichever podcast platform you prefer to stay up to date on all episodes and listen to ones you haven't yet as for today's episode, we have the wonderful Kamuto. Kamuto is a graphic and digital artist, and today we really dive deep into how she stays creative, how she finds a proper work-life balance, and plus she was just really open and provided great insight into her creative process. We also touch on some of her recent projects and how that led her to working with companies such as Nike. I mean, Kamuto is really dope overall. I know you guys are going to find this episode great, and let's get past what I'm just saying, so let's go. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hidden Gems Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus Johnson Luther, and today got another very special guest today, Kamunto. Kamunto, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. You know, another day. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, making time to do this. Between the scheduling conflicts I've had, the technology issues, so had some setbacks in getting this to work out. So I just want to say thank you for getting, making time and getting this to work. Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, let's just get off the bat right away why I wanted to have you, besides the fact that you're super talented. Everybody that's ever listened to a Hidden Gems podcast episode and you've seen the logo on it, Kamuto is the wonderful person who designed that logo. So Kamuto, I just wanted to say thank you for that. You started the whole branding process for me. So thank you. Yes, that was my pleasure. And that was like one of the most fun logos that I've worked on. So yeah, thank you for hitting me up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people seem to like it too. People always tell me like they like it. And, you know, Aubrey made the uh, the sweater for me. And people always see the logo and like, oh, that's such a nice logo on the back of the sweater. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Wait, it, it's on the back of that sweater? Yeah. Or Okay, I have to see it sometime. Uh, oh, I, I'll, when we're done with this, I can stand up so you can see it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like I mentioned, Kamunto, very talented graphic designer, graphic and digital designer. So, we're going to just get right into that. So, just touching on how talented you are with it, when did you find yourself getting really interested in that? Um. So, I mean... From what I remember, it all started in like high school when I had to take a graphic design class. And from then on, I was like, yeah, I think this is what I'm passionate about. I think this is what I want to do, you know, what I want to work in the area that I feel like I'll succeed in. And from then on, I just had tunnel vision and focused on that. <laughs> I think like I took a graphic design class in high school, too, and I mean, I'm glad it worked for you. For mine, I was just figuring out how to, like, do dumb stuff in Photoshop all the time, so I'm glad it worked out for you, at least. Well, I mean, it was like, I would get projects, and then my dad, he does, like, he's pretty creative, too, but he'd be like, oh, I need you to, like, Photoshop something for me, or can you, like, incorporate this into one of your projects? So it was like, I could never escape it. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, so it, I mean, it starts there, and then was there any like second point you had where you're like, okay, now that I've taken the class and I learned I like it, and then you had another point where like, okay, I really love this, and this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Uh, well, I think like I realized that I was like really good at it in high school, that always and helps. then like I had an eye for just like creating these things um, from scratch, and then my. Um, teacher that taught the graphic design class in high school was like I can see you just like really propelling and like exceeding in whatever you do as long as it's in graphic design like you have an eye for it and I've never seen anyone you know do this well and I was like well okay then I'm, I'm gonna like keep going um and I think that was like the second point where I was like yeah I'm not gonna change my mind ever again and then you know, I kind of got more reassurance as I started attracting clients and I started building my portfolio. And that was like all before college. So, yeah. Well, look at you. I mean, you're one of those people that like find it early. So like, I'm happy for you for that because some of us weren't so lucky. <laughs> I, right. And I think that I was like, I'm super grateful that I was able to discover that early in my life because um, I feel like if I was one of those people that, I would just take a long time trying to discover something because I have so many interests and mm. I wouldn't be able to like hone in on one thing. So I'm glad I stuck with it. <laughs> I think the world is glad you stuck with it too. Cause like I said, you make some really good stuff. Thank um, you. Speaking of that too, like would you say you have a distinct style or method that you use that sticks out amongst, amongst other graphic designers? Um, I mean, I, th I think yeah, I think that my stuff sticks out because I like to use like my design platform as an outlet for my creativity and other things. So you can see like my personality coming through um, in a lot of the pieces that I create. Um, and I think that I think that you personally can see it all the time, too, because I feel like when I look at the stuff you make, it's just like. I mean, I don't know you all that well, but I feel like that matches the person, the vibe you give off via social media or like other stuff. I'm just like, that just seems like something Kamuto would make. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because like I'll have like people in my DMs be like, I feel like you'd make this. And it's like something similar to my style. And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then would you, you said that your dad is kind of a creative person too, but would you say like you came from a really artistic family or is that something that's more unique to you? Yeah, I, I think I come from an artistic family. I mean, it's like artistic in their own interpretations and ways. Like my mom, she's a nurse, but like when she gets home, she'll like crochet or <laughs> she'll like, she's so funny. She makes like these fruit baskets and she'll like carve things into fruit like animals or just like images it's like the funniest thing ever <laughs> but it's super creative like a random person wouldn't be able to just like pick that up out of nowhere like she has an eye for these things um and yeah my dad he's in, like involved in the in the music scene in minneapolis and kenya so he has like his own stuff going on but yeah i feel like we grew up um my siblings and i like in a very lucky situation where my parents like nurtured our creativity and they pushed us to, you know, do whatever we wanted to do and be who we wanted to be. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's, like, really beautiful that you, like, and you appreciate it, too, because 
like I'd appreciate like my parents did similar things for me. They're not as talented and artistically as your parents. It sounds like my dad is a photographer, but my mom is uh, she she just doesn't cl- classify some herself as somebody that does art. But I think she's a pretty good writer. But it's interesting to me that your your mom is a nurse just because I feel and like is still artistic just because I feel like they use such different sides of your brain. Right. Exactly. And that's why I was like, it's she's like a different person when she comes home. She's mm. like, oh, now I can like that's like her outlet. She'll come <laughs> home, take off her nursing uniform and she'll be able to do what she actually like wants to do creativity, like cre- <laughs> creatively. Yeah. And like growing up, she used to make like wedding dresses and like she is so good at sewing. Like she I think that's where I get like my multiple interests from is mm. from my mom. Like she's just so good at many things. And then I saw that growing up and I'm like, I can do that. I can be like my mom. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, so how do you find yourself remaining creative every single day? Because I know it can get be a drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, I would like force myself to push through things and just like, even if I wasn't like harnessing creative energy, I would just try and force it. Um, but now it's like, I'm at a point where I can, you know, want to accept certain clients or like take breaks and, and things like that which I'm, I'm super thankful that I'm at that point in my life um so yeah I I make it a point that I take mental and like physical breaks when I need to um and yeah only accepting clients when I'm mentally and physically ready and I know that I can you know harness like organic creative energy how hard was it for you to like find that balance between being ready and feeling like I just got to power through it? Oh my gosh, it was so hard, especially being a Capricorn. <laughs> it is like you have, I, I just wanted to like perpetuate the ultimate like Capricorn woman so much when I was younger. I was like, I'm a businesswoman. Like I love my corporate job. I love this, this and that. Like that's all that I care about. All I care about is money and like hustling and grinding. <laughs> And now I'm like, no, I need to care about my mental, my mental health. Yeah. So it was like hard to to like be able to separate my identity from that. But I was like, I had to get to a point. It was literally where I got to a breaking point of like getting to creative exhaustion that I had to step back and be like, I need to separate my identity from this and, you know, care about my mental health. Right. I mean just speaking from my own experience like i had to i've done the podcast for a little over a year now but i haven't put out an episode in like five months because i just wasn't in a good place to put them out like i i had to figure out for myself like there's no point in just going through the motions you're just wasting your time and everybody else's time so like when your heart is really in it like that's when you're really going to be special with what you're doing exactly and you'll feel it and you'll just like be able to naturally like push out um really really good content right and that's a really special thing like once you get over that creative block or whatever you're going through and you're at that place where you're like oh finally i can start creating again like i love that moment every time i have it i'm like i gotta journal this or you know (laughs) i gotta i gotta gotta look at my therapist about this (laughs) it's special so like you talked about going to therapy or journaling it or talking to your therapist about it. When you have a major creativity block, is there anything else you do to like get through it? Or is those the main two things? Oh, I, I like to spend time in solitude. So like being by myself and really like diving inward to find 
reasonings as to why I'm, I have this creative block. And a lot of times it's literally just because I push myself to exhaustion (laughs) (laughs) and I have to like take a few steps back and then take those necessary steps to having those breaks. So then I can nurture myself and aid myself back to like healthiness. Um, So yeah, it's literally just like spending time with myself. No, but I think that's a beautiful too thing, like spending time by yourself. I love to spend time by myself. Like people will get mad at me. My my dad is a lot like this too. Like we spend a lot of time by ourselves, and I don't know. I just like hanging out with myself, just chilling. I don't have to worry about anything else. It's just me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's so beautiful to be able to find enough with your own company. Like. I feel because at the end of the day, we're all that we have. <laughs> Facts. So I'm like, I might as well be my best friend. Hey, see, look at that. Kamuto, hidden gems on hidden gems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we talked about the balance you've had to find for um, finding the between wanting to work and just pushing through it. So were you have you ever had a time where you were stubborn and trying to push push through with the design that just might not work? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's a constant struggle. I feel like I just, I, especially dealing like in this day and age, um, I personally, as a designer and a creative, I struggle with like wanting people to see my stuff like immediately and then gaining that like instant gratification from people liking my, my content. Um, so for instance, I just had an experience where I was creating like this motion graphic and I really wanted to get it on my Instagram because I was like, this is my first time creating motion graphics. Like I really, like I'm proud of myself. I want other people to see this. And, but in my heart, I knew it wasn't ready. Um, but I, I just like, I kept pushing through because I, I wanted to get it onto the gram. <laughs> and it was just like, I had to, I, that was a moment where I was like, I need to take a step back and I need to reevaluate like why I'm actually doing these things why I'm actually creating, like, am I creating for the right purpose? Um, and yeah, that, that was like one of the biggest moments where I've had to like implement these necessary steps during my design process to make sure that it's going to be like, you know, stuff that I'm actually proud of and that I'm creating for the right reasons. See, this is just like, that's such a beautiful message to me too, is just like, the instant gratification is something that I think we all struggle with. At least people our age, I think we all struggle yeah. with it. And recognizing that you're struggling with it, it sounds like an AA thing or something like that, but recognizing that you're struggling with it is really the first step. Right. Exactly. Like the acknowledgement, I think, is the hugest thing out of like the entire cycle. Yeah. Like acknowledging the problem and then working through it because that's the hardest part. (laughs) (laughs) And then like going from there and then applying that moving forward when you can. Right. And I think that's, uh, I think that's a common thing for people who like make things. Like I want everybody to see it right away and I want everybody to like it. Uh So would you say when you put things out that you ever have like a sense of anxiety or worry about when you're putting something out and like, Oh, are people actually going to like this? Yeah. All the time. And I think that's like where my imposter syndrome comes in, where I'm like, I'm creating something and then I doubt myself, I second guess like a color palette or like, you know, I have a certain icon somewhere and I'm like, will people receive this well? And it's like, it doesn't matter because I'm creating it for me and I just need to come to terms with that, you know? Um, 
And I, yeah. And through the process of like creating, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I feel like that's like the hardest part is dealing with the imposter syndrome and then trying to get through that. And then after you post it or like after you release it or whatever you're doing with it, you're like, how are they going to receive this? Like, I also get super anxious about people knowing too much about me, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I mean, that's a whole nother story, but I just don't, I, and I share a lot about myself on my design page because I, like I had mentioned before, I use like my design platform as not only an outlet for my creativity, but an outlet for like my mental health. Mm -hmm. So like I have a lot of, lots of like uplifting messages on stones. Um, because like low key, those are things that I need to be saying to myself. So I want other people to see it too. But then when I post it, I'm like, what if they like, what if people think that I'm like weird for having anxiety or like weird for talking about imposter syndrome or, or, or things like that, you know? Right. I mean, I think, I feel like thinking, I think this is like a multifold comment I have, but like people thinking that first of all, imposter syndrome a lot of us have it. I have it all the right. time. People tell me yeah. they listen to the podcast and they like it. I'm like, you're taking time out of your day to listen to my stuff. Like that is so weird to me. Right. But I think that goes like hand in hand with the anxiety too, because I feel like deep inside, we all know what we're doing is pretty good. And mm-hmm. we're just like, I want other people to receive it, how good it is, how I think it is. Right. And then the imposter syndrome kicks in as like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, what is it like a source of protection, like wanting to protect your ego or what? I don't know. It's something like that, because I think for me, like the imposter syndrome is like if I put an episode out and nobody listens to it, it's like, okay, fine. Like, I I didn't think anybody listened to it. But then people listen to it. I'm like, oh, my God, they're listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) See, I can I definitely can relate to that. Like I have on my design account, I have like my analytics and my insights turned on because it's like a business page Mm -hmm. so i can check when like people send or share my stuff and save it and i'll do the same thing i'm like no one's gonna share this no one's gonna send this out or whatever and then i'll see like 11 people reposted it i'm like okay (laughs) whatever it was good (laughs) so yeah i can definitely relate to that yeah um I, i think that's like a lot of a lot of the people i've talked to have shared a version of imposter syndrome so my message to all of us believe in yourselves we're all we're all cooler than we think we are yes yes definitely so getting back to uh your kind of like creative process what is your most favorite part like your favorite part of creating something Mm, i feel like this changes with myself but right now i love like the initial like brainstorming and like cooking something up uh part of the part of the process because that's when like you get like that aha moment and you like need to run and find a piece of paper and write it down i just like that's like the highlight of my day right now no that's no it's a great feeling all the time too the aha moment great way to describe it and it just feels like for me it's like a weight came off my shoulders and i'm like oh my god i can i can breathe and see again right exactly (laughs) yep yep and so what would you say it's like when that aha moment comes and then you keep working on it and the vision that you had in your head, you can finally see it literally. What is that moment like for you? I mean, I feel like that's like the most rewarding part because I was able to like transfer it 
to like the physical world mm-hmm. and have it be something like I like to call my projects my babies so I'm like <laughs> I finally have my babies like out of my head and people can like receive them however they want but that's just the most like rewarding part to me so you got you've got your baby all the way done you've got it on paper you got it on the screen how did you know when you're all the way done with it that's so fu- okay. This is so funny to me because I am literally never done with the design. Like I'll get satisfied and I'm like, this looks sexy. But then <laughs> I'll be like wanting to keep changing it up. And it gets to the point where I'm like, I need to just, I need to stop. Or like someone else will come in, like my, my partner will come in and be like, you done. No more redos. Or like at work when I'm at my corporate job, my manager will be like, why did you change this? Like revert back to like, you keep, I'm just, I'm also indecisive. Mm. So that plays a huge role into, into that. But I always feel like I'm not done. I get satisfied, but I'm not done. I think you just like, you just get curious. It seems like you like to experiment and see like, Oh, what if I just did that? Yeah. And I'm like super into color. Like I, I love experimenting with color and that's like always how I start off my design process is, I will just put together a, like different variations of color palettes and then I'll start from there. And then once I have the design all like blown up and everything, I'll, I'll apply the color palette to it, but then I'll keep switching it. And that's where I like get lost in the sauce. I'm like switching it. And it's just like, <sighs> it's a whole thing. Uh, hey, it sounds like it, but even when you're never done, I guess, it seems like you still put out some pretty good stuff. So I guess never finish. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's say that. (laughs) And you do a whole bunch of different type of creative work overall too, from promo work, company branding, social media branding. Um, Do you have like a favorite thing you work on overall? Yeah. I love um, working with company and social media branding because that's where I get like, the most creative freedom selfishly um <laughs> but that's really where i get to like pitch my ideas to the client and be like persuade them to why i you know have certain ideas no it sounds like like all creatives in a deep kind of like you're just like just let me do me i'll get you what you need to get out and you'll like it at the end the process might be not what you're familiar with but we're gonna get to the end point at the same time anyways exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> And you've also gotten a lot of uh, kind of recognition for the work you've done. So um, Refinery29 Unbothered, you were named one of the 10 coolest entrepreneurs about a year ago. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how did it feel to be uh, named as one of the 10 coolest entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, that was like a a big surprise for me because uh, last, was it early last year is when I first started my design studio and I didn't anticipate it, like, picking up the way that it had. Um, so I was just, like, posting stuff on social media here here and there. And then it was all from, like, reshares and stuff that I guess it kind of caught the eye of different people in the creative world. And that's when Refinery29 Refinery Unbothered had um, found my Instagram pro- profile. Um, and, yeah, Refinery29 Unbothered is an amazing platform that helps elevate um, black women and highlight and celebrate black women and everything that they do. Um, So they then reached out to me and we did like a little, um, they put a group together of other black entrepreneurs. um, And we all just like 
it became like the safe space for us to like retreat and talk and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just go through the motions together. And that was amazing. It was so surreal. Um, And yeah, I, I cherish that moment forever because that was like a pivotal moment in my career where I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. You know, like (laughs) I felt like I made it low key. Like in that, in that moment, it it felt great. Even though it could be very small, to other people, it felt like monumental to me. I mean, I feel like anytime you get recognized for the work you do, you, it's got to feel good because yeah. you put so much time and effort and like consideration into it. And like we su- just said, like you never feel like you're done. So you're putting a lot of time into it. It's got to feel yeah. great to get recognized. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. And it also like reaffirms yourself like, OK, yeah, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. Like, yeah, I just like I. I gave myself like a high five for the first time, which was, again, that was something I struggled with as a creative was celebrating myself. But from that moment, like I, I was, I learned that I, I can do that. Like I can celebrate myself in the small wins. It doesn't make me cocky or whatever, you know? Right. I feel like celebrating yourself, it has a negative connotation. Cause I think people just think like the dude, like for example, the dude who just like, Oh yeah, I bench 450. Like dude, right. no, literally nobody cares. But like yeah. when you're rewarding yourself, you've been recognized for stuff you've been p- working on. And like other people are like, Oh my God, this is inspiring or stuff like that. Like what you had shared, that is cool. And like, if people ask about it, you're like, Oh yeah, I've done this and this. Not when you're just randomly like, Oh yeah, you know, I was in refinery 29 unbothered. Like you can go check out my stuff there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um and you've had a lot of your work shared amongst large audiences and all that. Is it rewarding or like do you feel good when it's so well received amongst large bodies of audiences cuz that's ultimately kind of that's ultimately kind of like the goal we said earlier, but yeah. it's not the only thing that matters. Right, yeah. No, like that aspect makes me feel like all of the hard work all the long hours, all the tears, because there's tears behind the scenes, all the tears, like, it's starting to pay off. And, you know, I'm, it's rewarding at the end of the day to see that my work is being, like, well-received by other people and people that don't know me. Because I, I like, I I feel like in the beginning, like, my friend, my close friends, like, my family members would support me because, like, they know me. But to have it, like, be well received by people that don't know me is like a whole nother thing and I, I keep I keep that close to my heart because I don't know it's just like do you know what I mean like no. I don't know how to explain that I know exactly what you mean I feel like it's just because like they literally could have just gone about their day and been like I don't care I don't know who this person and like that's core or whatever but then when it's random and just out of nowhere it's like wow people really appreciate this like yes. they have they could have they could have shit on it if they'd wanted to and they're like, oh, I really like this. So it's just like they have no stake in it and they just really showed appreciation anyways. Exactly, yeah. Um, and it seems like things have been therapeutic for you to create things. Like you talked about earlier in the year, last year, kind of like when the pandemic started, you were putting out messages like, I remember a lot of during the quarantine stuff, you were putting out messages like that. And is it like therapeutic for you overall to create things and just do things like that? Oh, yeah. Like, I turn to designing or creating as my outlet when I, you know, don't have access to certain things that would help better my mental health. Um, But like, I like to say that I like design before I talk. (laughs) I'm super introverted. 
So I like turn to that as my space to retreat and, you know, get out all of my thoughts that I've compiled throughout the day. And, and it's uh, it's kind of like journaling, I feel like, in a, a different way because you're still getting your thoughts out. You're still expressing yourself, but it's just in a different form, I guess, like a different angle. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the work you've done, too, has a lot of uh, like thoughtful and mindful messages behind it. Like I was talking about in quarantine, you it was like we're all in this together, stuff like that. Is mindfulness something that's like really important to you overall? Yeah, yeah. I it's something that I, I try to practice daily, but it's super important to me. And like going back to what I said before, I like using like my design resources to be like thoughtful and intentional reminders for myself. So implementing like mindfulness, you know, things into my designs help implement that into my life. Mm, I feel that because I just feel like those ones because I'm, I'm just thinking back to last March nobody knew what was going on at all like we were all so anxious we all had no idea the president at the time was like oh yeah you guys will be ready by Easter and then it's what I'm, we're almost two years in this bad boy now mm-hmm. so so I feel like even if you had the little anxiety that people would judge you about it I feel like it helped way more people than anybody that would ever judge you too Right. Yeah. And that's like, I've learned that from after posting that it's doing, you know, more good than harm. And people are like benefiting from it rather than, you know, taking it harshly or taking it badly. So (laughs) I'm just going to continue doing that. (laughs) Might as well. Might as well. (laughs) Yeah. And you talked about like, there's even tears sometimes in your work process. And like, it's very frustrating. So how hard has it been for you to find a balance between working and living life still? Cause like you don't have, you're a designer, but that's not all you are. Like you said, you have a lot of different interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm constantly working on that. Like I don't really have like a direct yes or no answer because I have like just recently like discovered myself and you know, have departed from the idea that my work is who I am and that's represent, like, that's my entire being. Um, so, yeah, I'm still working on it. It's it's hard. Oh, very hard. It's hard, I'll say that. <laughs> do you ever feel like, like, do you ever feel like it's too hard? Like, sometimes you're just like, you know, I'm just going to take a break from working long periods of time, like a couple of days, couple of weeks or something like that. Have you ever had something like that happen? I mean, for like vacation, <laughs> like when it's like, I, I have to physically go somewhere. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I think I have been getting a little bit better at implementing like breaks and things and getting away from my computer grounding myself outside, you know, being one with nature. But again, I'm still trying to get better at doing that and taking longer breaks because it's so necessary and like we're not on this planet to work you know our nine lives be glued to a computer all day long so really trying to depart from that (laughs) is the goal i I love to hear that i agree nine to five you'll catch me working 10 to 3 30 some days (laughs) period (laughs) (laughs) yes um so 
you we talked about mindfulness a little bit would you do you like practice anything you've mentioned journaling like are you into like meditation or anything like that to like really ground yourself yeah i've been really into meditating um i've recently have become like i've taken up a liking with food Mm. and how it affects your body negatively or positively like it has such a huge impact um, into your into your daily life and routine. So I've been using that as an outlet as well. Um, going outside, I have um, a pit bull named Sunny, and Ooh. I just like that's a really good excuse to get outside, go for a <laughs> jog, you know, play with her, get grounded. Um, what else? Yoga. That's that's been really really good lately. Um, and you know, doing affirmations, listening to self-help podcasts, um, getting readings done, which I think if it's accessible to everyone, like that is huge because yeah. <laughs> there, there have been points in my life where I was like, I don't know if like, you know, I'm supposed to be doing what I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be a creative, but I don't know if I should be pursuing something else in the creative industry you know, and involving design, like maybe I should be like an art director or whatever. So like, I'll go to a reading and it'll just be like everything that I need to hear. Mm, Exactly. It just seems like you seem like you really understand your needs, kind of like what you need to do. It seems like you've, you're really one with yourself. Like you mentioned all you have. So it sounds like you're really one with yourself in general. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. I try to be, (laughs) I try to be, yeah. (laughs) Um, and now just like touching on the the part a lot of creative people don't like to hear about, but like it all comes down to it is like the business aspect for you. So mm. how do you like the business aspect of being a creative? Like because you run your own business, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still part time with what I do. Um, eventually, I do want to be full time. I want to have like that. I just want to devote my entire self to my business and no one else's. Um <laughs> But I'm still, like, feeling out the space. Um, I haven't been able to, like, you know, I've only been dipping my toes in the water. Um, But I've definitely, like, found myself leaning into my dad and his resources because he owns his own business and he does it full time. So I'll, like, run to my dad with questions and, like, (laughs) lean into someone who's already had the experience. It sounds like the way to go. I mean, because, like you said, he's got a bunch of experience and I... I don't think your dad, I've only met him one time, but I don't think your dad would go give you wrong answers on purpose. Where'd you meet him? Um, didn't he, uh, where did I meet him? Was it the, cause he does catering events. Was yeah. it at the U? Yes. That was where it was. That is so funny. There'll be people that will like randomly come up to me and be like, like me have met my dad before they've met me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, did um, was it was it the BMW fashion show? I think he catered. Yeah. Yeah, that was where I met him then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so like the business aspect can get really awkward too when you talk to like if it could be a friend or something like pricing. Have you had any awkward experiences with the pricing or like people being like, "Oh my god, it's too expensive" or something like that? Oh my gosh! In the beginning. I should have like I, I wish I had like physical proof of this, but it was just so funny. Like I would let people like walk over me because I was not confident in my abilities. But now that I'm like more grounded in myself and my business and my capabilities, I'm like, 
okay, if it's too expensive, go somewhere else. Like, <laughs> I am not tolerating that anymore. <laughs> like, I know my worth. No. no, I mean, that's what a lot of creatives have also told me if what I've done uh, talking to them is just like, at first I was like, I don't know if I'm doing this right at all. So like, let's not charge too much. And then you, you build right. the portfolio, you keep going, you keep going. You're like, dang, I was, I really missed out on a lot of money by not charging enough in the past. And it's like, these people will like, they'll, they'll ask you questions and then, you know, it's kind of like a waste of time in the beginning. They'll be like, okay, how much do you charge? And I'll give them like, you know, my pricing. And they'll be like, that's too expensive. I'm going to someone else. And I'm like, why did you just waste my time? <laughs> what was that about? Yeah. Well, in my experience with you, I don't think the pricing was bad at all. It was very fair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and this, this is a special question. This is written by one and only Aubrey Smith, my lovely girlfriend. She said, can you perform fireflies? <laughs> Her, oh my, when I saw that, I was like, I had to Snapchat her right away. <laughs> I was like, only you. It's so funny that Aubrey remembers that after all these years, because like, I performed that song in middle school, I think it was middle school, at a talent show, and to this day, like, Aubrey will not let me live it down. That's just but, Oh my gosh, I, I will only for her perform it for her when I'm in California. Okay, well we'll be expecting a big a big concert when you come here then, because we want to see the Fireflies performance. I've heard legends about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too funny. Um, and you've had a lot of big projects overall too. I mean, we talked about like some little, not little ones, but like these are big, big projects that took probably long times. Like you had um. One of your digital projects made into a mural at Bee's Knees. How was that experience for you to make something into a mural? That was really fun because that was my first time being like approached to, to do a mural. And I'm not like well versed in that world of painting and murals. <laughs> um, so it was like a huge learning curve for me, but I loved every minute of it. I was so surprised because it was like, so hot it was like 90 degrees and i would just be out in the like direct sun painting and i wouldn't even pay attention to it because i was loving what i was doing so much um and yeah it was just it was so great i loved every minute of it and is it uh was like the bee's knees i did a little research on it but can you tell me what bee's knees is too yeah so they basically they make honey mm. And they source them from, I mean, they're so knowledgeable in like the beekeeping world. Um, but I honestly, I don't think they have that storefront anymore mm. um, at, the, at that location. Um, but that mural will still stay there um, better. for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, let me, let me take it then. <laughs> let, me, let, let me get that brick wall. <laughs> And you worked on that project with your sister, too, who wrote a really nice poem for it. How, how awesome was it to, like, work on a project that big with your sister? Yeah, that was amazing. I, I love her writing. She's such a talented um, writer. And I just love to be able to, like, implement any of her words anywhere that I can because she's just – she's so talented. So – yeah y'all got a dope family like you guys just got a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool stuff thank you yeah yeah um and all the all the projects you've done do you say that you have one specific favorite one or do you love them all in their own unique way i 
I, yeah, I love them all in their in their in their own ways because they're all super unique and different from one another. Um, but I, I, I think, I, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like their most recent project is like their favorite. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say like my most recent project is probably if I had to choose would probably be my favorite right now. Mm. And I mean, I was looking through your stuff before the show, and I really liked. Two, besides the logo, of course, you know, I love the logo. Um, two that really stuck out to me was the uh, the baby daddy's hot sauce. That one is, ah, oh, that's a great one. Hey. And, and the um, Fanaka Nation, the, the yeah. promo, the flyer for that. Those are two that really like jump off the screen screen to me. Thank you. Yeah, the baby daddy's hot sauce, that one. I mean, if you haven't tried the hot sauce, yes, you, you gotta, you gotta. It's... <laughs> He, so a little backstory, we went to high school together and he was someone too that like naturally discovered he loved cooking. Like mm. now he is a really talented chef. He has his own podcast. He has his own YouTube channel. He has like over a million or something likes on TikTok. Like Jeez. he's just, he's doing so well. Um, But he approached me and he was like, I love you know, your work and I want to, you know, I, I want to support you and what you do. Um, and I was like, yeah, likewise. So we just like teamed up and we came up with this logo together. And it was funny because he like drew up this like drawing of what he wanted it to look like. And I just like imitated it basically <laughs> and then made it a logo. Um, but yeah, that one was really fun because that was my first packaging type of design that I've ever done before. Mm, I mean, Said if that's the first one, I bet you there'll be some more because that was that was fire. Thank you. <laughs> and this sounds kind of stalkerish, but I go through people's Instagrams and stuff before the episode just so I can make sure I have enough research and like know what you're up to. And uh, I saw that you helped with Nike's Come Through. Can you just tell me about like what Come Through is and what that experience was like working for you, working on that was like for you? Yeah. So Nike's um, Come Through is a series that was put together mainly by black creatives. Um, and it's a series that talks about issues that us in the black community deal with specifically as women. Mm. Um, so I, pers- I I learned a lot from this experience. Um, it was different than anything else in terms of like speed and pace and things like that. It was like nonstop back to back, like critiques, revisions and <laughs> that it was a lot more high high paced than what I'm used to. So I had to like switch gears a lot and learn, literally learn as I, as I designed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think that project really helped me gain my confidence as a designer, um, especially as like a black woman um, in the design world. Um, I also got to work with really talented creatives such as Mahanila, who is a photographer who's now based in um, LA, uh, but she's also, she directed Come Through, but she's also someone that has multiple interests. So she like DJs, she's a model, she has a book. Like she's so talented. And I was starstruck to be able to work with her because, and I think this was the universe giving me a sign. I was on TikTok a few weeks prior to Nike hitting me up. And on my For You page, I came across Mahanila's, tiktok account and i was like oh my god she's so cool and i followed her instantly and then like this happens and i was like wow full circle moment (laughs) that's got to be really dope too especially between 
getting to meet somebody that you're really like, wow, this is dope. And just the fact that like Nike hits you up. Nike wanted to work with you. So like, how was that feeling for you? That was, that was surreal. That was like insane. And I just, I'm so, I'm so thankful that for that experience, because again, I learned so much and I was able to be a part of like history there were so many black creatives on that project and I'm just so thankful that I was able to be one of them. And it sounds like it was just a really, albeit fast pace, but like a really creative space for things too. And like, it sounds like you got a little inspired off of it. So like, how cool was it for you as not just a, not just like as you Kamuto, but Kamuto, the creator, like all these dope people and Nike's like, I want you to work with them too. Mm, yeah. I mean, in the moment, like I wasn't able to soak in everything, but after after the project had, or I wrapped my time on the project, I was able to like take a step back and really soak in everything that happened. It was like super invigorating to see how other creatives interpreted different things and how they would just like, just like watching other creatives think is like super inspiring. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Hopefully we inspired some people on this one because I think you had you had some fire things in here. And I just got a couple more questions before we get out of here. But my one of my last ones is like you don't have to go into like full details at all because, you know, you got to keep some secret. But how did you get to working with Nike? Social media. <laughs> and this like I preach this to the choir. I always talk about like your social media needs to have a huge presence that is literally like besides your actual portfolio that's your digital portfolio that's where people get like their first Im Im impressions off of you and everything they saw my instagram my design instagram account and they emailed me and i was like that all happened from instagram yeah like <laughs> it's amazing well I'm happy that happened for you because, like I said, I think you do amazing work overall, really. I'm glad you're getting more exposure, getting big, high-name clients like that. So I'm really happy for you for all that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, just lastly, before we get out of here, I mean, where can people find you on social media so we can get you some even more exposure on there? Yeah, so my design account on Instagram is kamunto.designdsgn. All right. Well, I'm going to link that in the episode description below, too, so people can find it. And lastly, Kamunto, thank you so much for coming on here. It's really a pleasure, and I'm glad we finally got to do this after all my difficulties. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. And that's going to be it for this episode of the Hidden Gems Podcast. Thank you, everybody, who made it this far into the episode and is still listening. Kamuto, again, thank you so much for coming on. I truly do appreciate it. I knew at some point I had to get the, the creative mastermind who made our logo for us. So thank you so much for being on here. I truly do appreciate it more than you ever know. Everybody, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. When you do, leave us a review. Let us know how you feel about the show. And also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hidden underscore gems pod. It's hidden underscore gems pod. And we'll be back next week again with another special episode. So thank you, everybody who tuned in. Keep on listening. Peace.